0: to her city, and that city had revival. That city had revival because of her. I find that so impacting that the Lord knows you. As weird as you are, when you're by yourself and the thoughts that you have and your little issues, he knows you, and it doesn't disqualify you. You're not disqualified. In fact, you're qualified. Jesus said, hey, I didn't come for the, for the healthy. I came for the sick. I came for the people that needed me. So I want to encourage you. Jesus knows you. John chapter 5, we're going to pick it up in verse 25. And again, this is the message. So it reads a little bit different. I believe it's a little bit more current I don't believe it gets away from the point. It says in verse twenty-five, "It's urgent that you get this right now." If you remember from last week, I'm kind of picking back up where I left off. Jesus has said now twice, "It's important that you listen." It's urgent that you get this right. The time has arrived, and I mean right now, when dead men and women will hear the voice of the Son of God, and hearing will come alive. Just as the Father has life in Himself, He has conferred on the Son. Life himself. What's that saying? That's saying that when you show love to your neighbor outside and invite them to a meal, they're going to hear it. He says, listen, this is urgent. The time has come when the dead will hear life. Hello? The time has arrived, I mean, right now when dead men and women will hear the voice of the Son of God and hearing will come alive. What happens is when you go with godly love and let that out of your mouth, the dead will rise. It doesn't mean I'm necessarily going and saying, hey, you're a sinner and you need Jesus. Can I pray for you right now? No, I'm not going to listen to that. What I am going to listen to is somebody that's trying to love on me. And what is that? God is love, and when I allow what's welling up in me, the love that wells up in me, out to someone, then dead rise. Your invitation, your open, and and it may not be to church. It may be that someone is just going through something and you love on them. I want you to know you're going to see revival in that person. That person is going to be revived And the Lord is saying, the time is now. And he's going to do it in you. You know what he said to Esther? Do you remember when Mordecai said to Esther, you know what? You're called at this time to go save our nation. If you don't, the Lord will raise somebody else up and they'll do it. He's called you. You have the ability to reach those that are around you. And the Lord's saying, the time's now. The dead will hear it. Now, they're going to reject fake. They've gotten tired of church. They will not get tired of the Lord. That, made, that kind of gave church a bad connotation. They've gotten tired of religion. They've gotten tired of Christian judgment. And they are, they are willing to hear love, truth. Let's go. Next verse. And he has given him the authority simply because he is the son of man to decide and carry out matters of judgment. Verse 28. Don't act so surprised at all this. The time is coming when everyone dead and buried will hear his voice. Those who have lived the right way will walk out into, ju- in, into a resurrection life. Those who have lived the wrong way into resurrection judgment. Verse 33. Verse 30. I can't do a solitary thing on my own. Who's speaking? Jesus. I can't do a solitary thing on my own. This from the message is a, I believe it is a statement that we need to live by regularly. He says, I listen, then I decide. Jesus, the Son of God, he says, I listen and then I decide. I find so much wisdom in that statement. I listen, and then I decide. You can trust my decision because I am not out to get my own way, but only to carry out orders. If I were speaking on my own account, it would be empty, self-serving witness. Man, this is, jumping off, this is jumping off the page. I see that as he speaks, he is speaking what the Father is saying. So when we take the word of God, we're not just taking Jesus, the man that walked the earth. We are getting what Jesus, the man of God, walking the earth, heard his Father say from heaven. Would you all agree with that? Is that what he just said? You can trust my decision because I'm not out to get my own way only to carry, but only to carry out orders. If I was spe- simply speaking on my own account, it would be empty, self-serving witness. I believe that's the world is finally drawing the line. I'm tired of hearing your witness. Let me hear what the Lord says. They're not saying that outright, but that's what they're saying. I'm tired of hearing man being judgmental and making me uh, just always placing judgment while we're falling down too we sit here and act like you're doing everything wrong and then they put the micro, the the microphone the magnifying glass on us and we're making mistakes well let me just tell y'all I make mistakes I'm not running around pointing out everything that's wrong in your life I got enough of my own issues believe me I've got a lot but the world is tired of us saying you're on the wrong side of the track, you're acting the wrong way, you're doing the wrong things. But they, I'm telling you that when we allow the heart of God to come out of our mouth, they're going to hear it. And the Word says they're going to come to life. As long as I listen, then speak, my words are going to be effective. If I don't listen and I only speak from my own heart, I'm going to miss it. Verse 38, 34, but my purpose is not to get your vote and not to appeal to mere human testimony. I'm speaking to to you this way so that you will be saved. That almost sounds like it doesn't make any sense. He's saying, I don't care if I'm going to hurt your feelings. I don't care if what I say is necessarily not what you want to hear. What I do care is about you. I care more about you than what you're going to think about me. And the words that I have, I believe the Lord would say, is the life that you need. It is life. Maybe it hurts. How many of you know when somebody corrects you, it hurts? And to be corrected means what you were doing was wrong. It hurts, but it's helpful. And the Lord's saying, I know it's probably going to hurt. Because it's correction. It's a correcting. You're going in this direction, and I want to correct that direction to this way. So that you will be saved. John was a torch blazing and bright, and you were glad enough to dance for an hour or so in his bright light. It's kind of a funny statement. But the witness that really confirms me far exceeds John's witness. It's the work the Father gave me to complete. These very tasks, I go about completing them, confirm that the Father, in fact, sent me. The Father who sent me confirmed me. And you missed it. You never heard his voice. You never saw his appearance. There is nothing left in your memory of his message because you do not take his messenger seriously. I believe that there is, I believe one of the problems that the church has is we have this gap of we sing the songs. I'd say if if you really went down deep and asked yourself, do you really believe that last last song we we, uh, sang? Yeah, I do. I believe in God the Father. I believe in Christ the Son. I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe they're three in one. I believe in the resurrection, that we will rise again. Yes, I believe in the name of Jesus. What's so good about that song is it just repeats and repeats and repeats until it gets down deep. Now the difference is I can memorize a song, but will I walk it? If I really believe it, if I did not believe that if I stepped off this I wouldn't fall, I would keep walking. But I really believe if I step off this the wrong way, I'm going to hit the ground and, and hurt myself. Well, I believe what this is saying is you've heard the words, but you don't believe it because you're not walking it. If you really believed it, you would walk it. There's a difference in hearing and walking. Don't just be hearers of the word, but be doers of the word. And what's funny is in the doing, you start believing. Because proof, they're, they're, what, what comes is when we do, we start it starts to get proven in our hearts that what the word says is true because we just did it. Sometimes part of my faith is, God, I don't really know that I believe what your word says, but I'm going to do it anyway in faith, believing what your word says. Now, I need you to confirm it in me, and I want to believe it the next time and not be questioning it, but this time I'm questioning it. God says, that's fine. Go ahead and question it, but do it. Go ahead and question it. It's okay that you question. I don't mind you asking me. God says, ask. I need you to ask. Ask. God, I'm questioning, I'm not really seeing, I need you to lead me. Okay, I'll lead you too. I won't just expect you to jump off a cliff, I'll lead you. You'll feel my leading. So we need to make sure that we take this, and we're going to see in just a second really how specific he gets, but that we don't just um, get in this word, we start to walk it. And in the walking, I believe, comes belief. If we never walk it, we never really believe it. We must believe. Verse 39. This is kind of funny. I, 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 I laugh at it. Again, you guys have heard me kind of pull some sarcasm out of some of these statements. But listen to this. You have in your heads, you, ha- you have your heads in your Bibles constantly because you think you'll find eternal life there but you miss the forest for the trees. These scriptures are all about me. What's this saying? It's what uh, Pastor Justin was saying. There's a difference in being in the Word and knowing the personality and knowing the person. Once you can understand the person, the Word makes sense. When you don't understand the person, sometimes you'll think that God's a God that's holding a, a magnifying glass wanting to burn us. But you don't know God. The problem is you don't know Him. If you know Him, you're going to start to see what His intention and what His heart is behind it. But do you see what it says here? You miss the forest for the trees. You've got your, Bibles, your heads constantly in your Bibles because you think you'll find eternal life there. But you miss the forest for the trees. These scriptures are all about me. And here I am standing right before you. And you aren't willing to receive from me the life you say you want. How many times are you ready to help someone, but they will not receive it? You have the gift in your hand, and you don't have a hook in it. You're not saying that you better take this, or I'm going to do this to you. You're not trying to manipulate. You're literally trying to say, I know what you're going through, and I can help you. But people would say, no thanks. The Lord's saying, I have your answer, but you reject it. I'm giving you my spirit and I'm giving you my word, and you're, you got your heads in there and you're seeing it, but you're not receiving it. You can't take the word. You can't take the word on paper and reject Jesus. Have you ever heard this? I'm going to give you, I'm going to kind of mess this phrase up and then correct it. Words without relationship. Have you ever heard the expression, rules without relationship brings rebellion? Josh McDowell made that statement. Rules without relationship um, winds up bringing forth rebellion. It's like you with a child. If you're all you're doing is barking out orders and putting boxes around them and just holding, the, holding a whip to them at all times, but there's no relationship, what spurs out of that is rebellion. A, you want to reject it. You want to run the other way. But rules with relationship is an incredibly healthy environment. God gives us these these lanes to run in so that we don't get plowed over by moving vehicles. He said, Wait, there's moving vehicles over here. Run here and you won't be hurt. You won't be harmed. I'm with you. Verse 41. I'm not interested in crowd approval. And you know why? Because I know you and your crowds. I know that love, especially God's love, is not on your working agenda. I came with the authority of my Father, and you either dismiss me or avoid me. So I want to back up as we continue to uh, are going to be looking at vision let me just go back through it again just to be a loving family that seeks to be transformed by the good news of Christ, reaching our community through genuine relationships as we fought, as we share the hope that we have found in Jesus. I want to encourage you. As we do these meals, as we do we're doing convoy of hope in another week or so, it is all about showing love. It is all about showing a world that is hurting the church. The church loves you. The church is a safe place. The Lord is safe. The Lord loves you. The Lord died for you. But we're going to show you, we as Christ followers, as disciples, we are going to show you love. And for many of us, showing love does not come naturally. It has to be supernatural a lot of times in my life. If you see, a lot of times we'll see in Scripture that our natural response is a selfish one. We're flesh and blood. It's easy to be selfish. It's kind of opposite of our flesh to be able to turn that selfishness into selflessness. But what the Lord is saying here is sometimes even your actions are being done selfishly. You've got a hook in it. And I can see it. What I want to see is real love. What is it saying? Because I know you and your crowds. I know that love, especially God's love, is not on your working agenda. We must have the love of God out in front of us. I'm going to love you whether you come here or not. I'm going to love you whether you behave this, this certain way or not. Yeah, if you make mistakes and you kind of get into my boundaries, I'm going to have boundaries up to keep myself safe. But I'm still going to love you. And you're going to know it. And I'm not going to run away. I'm going to love you. Look at this next statement. If another came acting self-important, you would welcome him with open arms. How do you expect to get anywhere with God when you spend all your time jockeying for a position with each other, ranking rivals, and ignoring God? The latest and greatest shows up, speaking a certain way, new style, it's so easy to get on board and say, that must be the right way, let's go follow that. Um, what's so funny is, uh, I'm going to bring up politics again, is when someone has a new idea or a new way of saying things, all of a sudden the polls jump. I'm going to follow that. Then we start following, then we're like, oh, wait a minute. I didn't even like that person, but I liked that thing. And, and, and it's saying right here, when the latest and greatest shows up, it's easy to get on board, and the Lord's saying, whoa, 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 whoa. stay on board with me. I'm not after your vote. I'm not after trying to make you feel good. I'm not after human uh, uh, approval. I'm after saving you. I'm after when you're about to fall off, grabbing hold of you and pulling you back. And sometimes that hurts. And I'm also after helping you make it the next step and keep with you. And when you fall down and no one else is around, I'm still there. And I'm going to help you back up. That's what the church needs to be, is when someone falls down, we don't run off and point our fingers. We get down in there with them. Say, let me help you out. Yeah, you're still going the wrong way, and I want to be here to help you, but at the same time, I'm still going to be in that ditch with you, and I'm going I'm to love on you. What's so awesome is when I turn and when I, ha- when I have bad days and when I have bad thoughts, the Lord is still there with me. Sometimes he says, hey, that's not the way you should be thinking. Well, thanks a lot, I kind of already knew that. Yeah, but you're not behaving like, like you know that. You're behaving like you don't know that. And yeah, I still love you. My love has, you have not thrown me off the throne. I did not drop everything when I just saw you have that thought. I'm right here with you and I love you and I'm right here for you. If you'll just turn back around to me, I'm right here for you. I've, you're not out of my reach. I got you, but that wasn't a good thought. (laughs) Love on me again. Yeah, but I still need to talk to you about that thought. Nah, just love on me. Yeah, but that thought. But you know, if you push him away, he'll step back. Now, in his omnipotence, he's still there but he'll give you some space. He is such a good father. Won't control you, won't manipulate you, won't make you. But the second you're receiving, yeah, I'm here. I will help you, I've got the answers for you. And you know what, as dumb as you've been acting, he wouldn't say that, but this is me talking. As dumb as you've been acting, I'm gonna restore you back like you were, like you never did anything. I've got the power to put you right back where you're supposed to be. Even though you've been acting like a doofus, I can put you right back on track. And I knew you had it in you the whole time. Accept it. I know, I'll stay in my hole. Okay. Paid the price. I've made a way. But you won't take it. Okay, I'll take it. Okay, great. Are you ready? I mean, I'm kind of having a schizo moment here. Are you, are you noticing? But it's really, it's really what we were walking through. We've got the hand of God right for us, right there with us. We've got it through the church. We've got it through his spirit. We've got it through his presence. But if another comes along and has the new sound, you don't have a problem running and going and checking that out. But what about me? The Lord would say, "What about me? I'm the one." Verse forty-five, and I'm, I'm going to wrap up right here at the end of verse uh, chapter five. But don't think I'm going to accuse you before my Father. Now listen to this. I re- this really spoke to me today. Moses, in whom you put so much stock, is your accuser. If you believed, really believed what Moses said, you would believe me. He wrote of me. If you won't take seriously what he wrote. How can I expect you to take seriously what I speak? What's he talking about? Moses brought the law. Moses brought, he started, Moses, what Moses brought was he showed us everything we were doing wrong. He showed us where we were failing. Not only that, he showed us we couldn't do it. Here it is in black and white where you're struggling, and oh, by the way, you can't be successful in this because you're human. You're going to make mistakes. And it's saying right here, I'm not going to accuse you before my father. I took that. Jesus took the accusing. He took the sin of the world on himself, took it down to hell, left it there, and came back. He, was, he took your accusing. Jesus is not your accuser. Satan is the accuser. Do you see this? don't think i'm going to accuse you before your father? moses is your accuser. when that word came out, those 10 commandments, the law came out, it accused us. it showed us where we were wrong. and it even says that in that he wrote of he says he wrote of me. if you won't take seriously what he wrote, how can i expect you to take seriously what i speak? so Again, the purpose of us being in John chapter 5 is to hear the teaching of Jesus, to let it speak to our hearts and bring healing, but also to equip us to go out and to proclaim the good news. Now I'm going to finish. Justin, are you? would you be able to put up Luke chapter... Uh, I'm going to end with this. Luke chapter uh, 4, verse 18 and 19. If you can't, I can just bring it up on my phone. Luke 4... 18 and 19. Uh, Do it in like uh, the New Living or New King James, and it's going to throw up a little error message. Just click OK. It'll it'll still work. Luke 4, 18 and 19. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. So. Again, we're talking now about getting equipped in John chapter 5, John chapter 4, John chapter 3, all these things that we're learning that Jesus is doing. He's doing so many miraculous things in people. Do you catch this? He keeps saying, pay attention. Pay attention to what I'm saying. Are you listening to what I'm saying? And that is so that we can get equipped because he has anointed you to, to um, deliver the news. You are the delivery boy. You are to go on your bicycle riding from house to house to deliver the good news. He has anointed you to deliver the good news to the poor. That's not a financial thing. That's people that don't know. They're lacking. People that are financially poor are lacking funds, lacking money, right? These poor are people that are lacking the truth, people that are lacking being saved. And we are to deliver good news. And what is that good news? That He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, and that the oppressed will be set free. I have that news to deliver. To someone that's oppressed can be set free. To someone that's blind can see. That's what the Lord's given us. I believe that there have been times in my life, even as a pastor, that I've been blind. But he tells me that if I'll go after him, he will give me vision. If I'm not looking for him, I will be blind and lost. If I am looking for him, he will give me vision. He will make, he will see that my eyes see. He has created me to see that the oppressed will be set free. Amen? Anybody excited? Fired up, thank you. Invite people to these meals. I believe that relationship is the key. I believe that relationship, I believe that reaching our city is going to be done through relationship. And that relationship is not 200 people sitting out there watching a pastor talk. Relationship is two people. It's three people. It's four people breaking bread and laughing at each other and laughing with one another and crying with each other. And when somebody's hurting, you go show up and help them. And when, they, when they've got an issue, you go help them. And when you've got an issue, someone shows up to help you. And all of a sudden, love starts being shared between one another. And doors come down. And all of a sudden, you can say, hey, what you're going through, can I tell you about my experience with the Lord? This is what what he does. What I've been doing with you, that's God in me. That's not me. If you knew me, you wouldn't like me. But it's God in me, and he loves you. And by the way, he already knows you. And I'm getting to know you. And you know what? The more I get to know you, the more I love you. And you know, the more you get to know the Lord, the more you love him. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you for the love that you just pour over us. I just thank you for the love that you pour over us. And I thank you, Lord, that your word says that you will give blind eyes to see. And I ask over everyone here that's here tonight that we start seeking after you, Lord, and that you start giving us godly vision vision for our future, vision for those that are around us, vision for the decisions that we have in front of us. And, Lord, that we would recognize that you have anointed us to take your news and to let the world know it. The Spirit of the Lord is upon you because he has anointed you to take the good news, to share the good news with the poor. Lord, I just ask right now that we would be the church that you have called us to be. That, Lord, that you would let us be a part of a a city to be saved. That our city would be saved and that we would be a part of that. Lord, I just pray over this list tonight, over Mary Tolbert, over Frank and Sue Surridge, over David and Denise Culp's. Lord, we we just need miracles. We need miracles. We're going to see in the next chapter that's because of the way that you were moving in that place that people started showing up. There's going to be the 5,000 that shows up because of what you have been doing. Lord, we just ask you just to start moving in this place and moving in our city. Bless us, Lord. Raise up leaders. Raise up godly leaders to go and proclaim this good news. Just thank you. We just bless you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen.